Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Women have graduated from college at higher rates than men since 1981. The gap between degree-earning women and men only continues to grow. Women now also take a much higher percentage of master's degrees, 59% of them. But there's still one place women lag, and that's the workplace. Even adjusting for occupation, parental leave, and other factors, women still earn less than men do, and far fewer rise to the very top. Women hold just 14% of executive officer positions. Of companies in the Fortune 500, just 33 have female CEOs, and many women drop out altogether. A smaller percentage of U.S. women work than in Germany, France, the United Kingdom, or Japan. Creating workspaces that help women not just stay on the job but thrive in it is a major concern for many companies. The Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis aims to measure progress on that front with its Women in the Workplace Employment Scorecard. The rating system is based on a voluntary employer survey exploring policies, practices, and work culture. This year's survey is now underway, and joining me in studio to talk about it is Lisa Weingarth. She's the executive director of the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis. Lisa, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. We're also joined today by two people who know all about being a woman in the workplace. Kendra Holmes is the vice president and chief operating officer at Affinia Healthcare. Kendra, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. And also with us is Stacey Zellin. She's a community educator at the National Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse, St. Louis area. Stacey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very excited to be here. So Lisa Weingart, let's start with you. Tell us about this scorecard. When did you first introduce it and why? Well, we um, started the scorecard in 2017. And, you know, at the Women's Foundation, our focus is on um, eliminating the barriers to economic success for women in our region. And um, what we saw is that, you know, the workplace is really uh, a place where women um, that can make or break a woman's career and her ability to stay working um, at those critical points in her life when she has children or has to take care of aging parents. And so at the Women's Foundation, we decided that we wanted to highlight the good work that employers were doing to create work environments where women can thrive. Um, And so we developed our Women in the Workplace Employment Scorecard initiative. It's a simple survey that an employer of any size can fill out, any industry. It's about 35 questions. And we're looking at four areas of workplace gender equity through the survey. Um, Leadership, compensation, flexible work policies, and recruitment and retention programs. And we think by measuring progress in those areas and looking at policies and practices and outcomes in those four key areas, that we can really help employers to do the right thing for women and families in our region. So you rolled this out two years ago. Has it been hard to get um, companies to sign up for this, to want to be rated? Well, I think interest is growing. Um, You know, the first year, um, you know, the biggest challenge was just getting the word out that we were doing it. Um, Once we did it for a year and we honored six workplaces the first year, other employers started to approach us and say, you know, we want to be a part of this. We think we're doing a great job for women. And so the interest just continues to build and grow. Um, We released the survey on Monday. And we already have 56 employers who have who have taken the survey. Wow, at this that point. seems like a good number. It's a great number. So we have the survey open through December 20th. Um, so we have about 10 weeks for employers to to answer these these simple questions. And we really think that we're going to make um, some real progress this, this year and see some momentum. So Stacy Zellin, you're part of an agency that's that's very highly rated on this list. And I understand that you personally helped to implement some changes there for female employees. Tell us how that came about. Yes. 
Yes, yes, we are extremely happy to be an honoree um, of the Women in the Workplace Award. And uh, one of the things that we did at our agency, first of all, we have some pretty flexible policies in terms of uh, parental leave. Uh, We get some extra time uh, if somebody has a child or an event similar to that. And the thing that I would say that's benefited me personally is that the way that we use that time is up to us, uh, that we can choose how we want to use that time. And I've sort of, I, I just had a baby nine weeks ago, and uh, I have been using that time um, a little bit more spread out. So I didn't really use all of my paid time off in one large chunk. I'm spreading it out to sort of ease back into work. And I find that that's what works for me. So, and a lot of employers don't let people do that. It, you got to take it all in one lump right away. Correct, correct. And, you know, to each their own. Like I said, that's my personal preference. But what a wonderful thing to let women choose uh, how they would like to use their time off and spend their time in those, you know, first few early weeks and months. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we have at our agency, let's see. So I have a nine-week-old, but I also have a two-and-a-half-year-old. And when I was pregnant with her... I was speaking to my supervisor and, you know, our HR staff about, you know, what is this going to look like when I return back to work? And I knew that I wanted to breastfeed. Um, I I come from a public health background, so that was just sort of a a given that I would aim for that, right? And uh, so we were talking, so they they kind of described to me, you know, how that would work. And I also knew in the back of my head that the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services offers a breastfeeding friendly workplace award um and there are different tiers that you can achieve uh bronze silver and a gold level and what it looks like is you know before you can be eligible for that award it's not just about setting up a place for women to comfortably breastfeed or to pump it's also about making sure that the support that you have for your breastfeeding employees is written into your policies and uh, that, you know, there's good communication between supervisors and anyone who wants to use that room. And so we established this room. We included, you know, you have to put some resources in there. You have to make sure there is a refrigerator. All these kind of creature comforts that a breastfeeding or a, um, a mother who pumps uh, might be interested in. And, um, of course, because we're NCADA, we had to go for the gold level. And we, we got that. So we are a gold level breastfeeding friendly Uh, workplace. And it's not only something that benefits our employees, but it also benefits anyone who comes into our building. We offer a lot of professional trainings. We also have clients that come into our building for substance use assessments. So it is fantastic that we can offer this room, this space that that is designated specifically for pumping. You know, nobody can go in there and like, you know, take a cell phone call or anything like that. Um, this is really set aside for for that purpose. So yeah. that's that's really wonderful that I have that available to me. Yeah, and how great that your company was willing to work with you on that when you you knew that was something where um, they could improve this situation. Yes, for mothers, mm-hmm. Kendra Holmes. I know that you also have praised your company's policies as as being a place that's great for women to work. You're at Affinia Healthcare. Um, what are a few things they do right that that you'd want to point to? So I, I think I would really focus on the fact that Affinia Healthcare, our mission is really looking at a lens through equity for all individuals. So when you look at workforce for women in the workforce, we're particularly of interest to make sure that our policies and procedures are equitable for everyone. So we have a very flexible work schedule. Uh, We have a lot of female physicians who work for Affinia Healthcare. 
A lot of them choose also to breastfeed. We do have designated areas for pumping and breastfeeding for the providers and all of our staff. The flexibility and as far as family medical leave, that's something that we all offer. That is an exceptional advantage for our providers and our staff as well. And I would say that we're just very intentional with our policies and procedures. It's not by accident that we are looking at salary for women to make sure that it's equitable, promotions. This is something that our human resources department, our leadership is actually intentional with identifying these opportunities to improve workforce for women. Lisa Weingarth, both of the women we've talked to today and many of the women that our producers talked to in setting up this segment, they really stress the importance of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Is that something for women in particular that's important or is it something that, let's face it, every employee could use some more of? Well, you know, we think that these policies are important for anyone in the workplace. So we're looking at, um, you know, our women in the workplace work through that gender lens, but we certainly want to make these kind of policies available to um, both parents or both partners um, or anybody who needs to balance their their work and life. Um, you know, what, what we've found is that, um, you know, people should not have to choose between being a good parent and a good employee. And when workplaces um, design their policies and practices with with that in mind, um, they can support parents and they can support families. And, you know, we can make this region a place where um, anyone can thrive in in the workplace. Now, earlier this week, our producer Evie Hemphill spoke with Emily Cantwell. She's a partner at Lathrop Gage. Her practice is in employment law. She also helps spearhead her employer's initiative to improve the experience of female employees at the firm. She told us it's long been important to her to empower the next generation of women. And here's what she said about Lathrop Gage's conscious focus in this area. In St. Louis, we are um, really fortunate in that we have a very, very strong uh, female to male ratio uh, for our attorneys. And that's not something that you always see. Um, We were happy that last year, half of our partner class uh, was made up of women, which was huge. Um, And you know, we really, there's just such a collegial nature um, in the women, especially in the St. Louis office. Um, and we get the support from leadership that really makes it a place where I'm happy to work. And I'm also very happy to promote and say, hey, I work at this great place. Um, we are very focused on making sure uh, women are are you know, appreciated for everything that they are and what they contribute to the workplace that is different than men sometimes. That's Emily Cantwell, a partner at Lathrop Gage. Lisa Weingart, uh, what was going through your head as you were hearing what she talked about? Well, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, right now we're at the lowest unemployment rate in over a decade. And so for employers to attract top talent, um, you know, they really need to think about how to recruit and retain and advance women in the workplace. I mean, as you mentioned with at the beginning of the show, women are graduating from college at higher rates than men. Um, they're, you know, ready to, um, you know, make a difference in the workplace. And so we think that policies like what Emily was talking about and creating that work culture where women can thrive um, is really important to, you know, attracting the kind of talent that we need in our region to move it forward. Now, I know big law, it's traditionally been kind of more of a male-oriented uh, world. And, and Kendra Holmes, you're a retail pharmacist mm-hmm. by training. Yes. I know you still have a lot of friends in your field in that field do you think employers in that field tend to get it or are they do they kind of struggle too well 
I think they struggle a bit just because of the demand for prescriptions and the turnaround and the expectations for customers. It's very difficult to have a a work-life balance in retail pharmacy. But I think that they're working towards that because a lot of pharmacists now are female. Uh, When I graduated from pharmacy school, the majority of my classmates were female. So I think that they need to catch up, but they're, they're making ways towards that. Now, you know, we've talked a bit about work-life balance. There are so many studies that suggest women are responsible for doing more at home and with kids and, you know, maybe even with parents um, who are ill. Um, and it seems like women do tend to run a greater risk of burnout. Stacy, is that something that uh, that your agency has looked at or, or tried to address for its workforce? Yes, absolutely. And I think the, the flexibility starts to address some of that because the, the, the tone that we have, the culture that we have is that you need to take care of you first. Um, that, you know, having a stressed out employee is, is really not going to be helpful to that day or, you know, in the long term. So it's not even having this approach of if there's an emergency, it's more just like if life happens, because that's exactly what we see. You know, somebody gets sick at school or you have to you know, step out to take someone to a doctor's appointment. And, you know, flexibility doesn't have to mean that it's just this unstructured free-for-all. It's absolutely not like that. You know, there can be structure. There has to be good communication. But, again, um, I think reducing that level of stress is really treating that that whole person, that that's not just an employee for the day, that they have a life. And, you know, I know that we kind of focused on, you know, some specific things like pumping and breastfeeding and, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm really saying anything new here, but my hope is that a lot of employers who aren't familiar with these things don't hear them uh, or think about those things as concessions or some kind of special accommodation that they have to do for somebody. What you're doing is enabling your employees to be the best they can possibly be and to do really good work for your organization and come in energized. And like you said, you know, knowing that their family is happy, healthy and safe so, you know, at, at NCADA, we are a substance use prevention agency. So that's, you know, that's the work that we do. So I think it's really interesting that we are really leading by example uh, mm-hmm. as far as how we take care of our employees. Um, self-care and being mindful of your mental health is really good. It's really great if, if employers are taking steps to make sure that em- em- their employees are, are doing those things. But I could make the case of, you know, mitigating some of those stressors so that your employees don't have to self-care in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, Let them just come in and and be healthy and not sort of go through the day and and really, you know, need that break at the end or something like that. So, um, so I think the, the flexibility really lends itself Super to important. that. Super mm-hmm. important. Um, that's Stacey Zellin of the National Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse. We're also joined today by Kendra Holmes of Affinia Healthcare and Lisa Weingarth of the Women's Foundation of St. Louis. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And now back to our conversation about women-friendly workplaces. We're here with Lisa Wine. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. Garth of the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis, which has a voluntary scorecard that's now out that businesses can choose to submit. We're also joined by Kendra Holmes of Affinia Healthcare and Stacey Zellin of the National Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse. 
for those of you listening out there, is your company or organization a great place for women? What makes it great? How does it contrast with previous jobs? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So now in our conversation about women in the workplace, we've been talking a lot about the good. And our intern, Tanina Saputo, went down to Cherokee Street and she talked to some women that she found there about some experiences that weren't so good. Here's what they said. I worked at many restaurants where, you know, there's sexual tension that can lead to flirting, but also there's unwanted flirting and you know, I've had a guy come up and make out with my ear in the middle of service one time when I wasn't expecting it. My very first job ever, I worked at a hair salon run by two older men that were brothers and they were like super sexist and misogynistic and had their own bathroom that we weren't allowed to use because they were like... <laughs> porn magazines in it <laughs> yeah and and I worked there from like 16 to like 18 and it was mostly women that worked there and then there were them too as your bosses and they just like always talked about our appearance and like always asked us if we were going on like hot dates and like it was really uncomfortable for me especially because I was a teenager that's audio gathered by our intern, Tanina Saputo. It, it strikes me in talking to women, getting their thoughts on this segment, that so many bad jobs that women have to hold, they get when they're younger in their career. They're maybe in workplaces that aren't thinking consciously about these things that, that Lisa Weingarth's organization is trying to deal with. Have any of you dealt with or do you have friends that have dealt with things that are just these flagrant sexism in your career? Uh, Kendra Holmes, anything? Not myself personally, but I, I definitely have individuals who work in the pharmacy field where they just feel that there is definitely sexism um, involved in certain areas. Is it, is it coming from customers or from bosses? So it's definitely customers. So we have we frequently get the, the statement of, may I speak with the pharmacist? And you're the female and you are the pharmacist. So that's definitely something that occurs regularly in, in pharmacy. W wanting to speak to a male pharmacist does occur. And just also when there's a culture that, that accepts that sexist type of uh, reactions and comments, you really need to have a zero tolerance for that in any work environment. Lisa Weingarth, in, in many of these cases, it is customers that are giving women a hard time. Are there things that employers can do to respond to that? Or are we kind of at the mercy of these people that are trying to give us their money? Yeah, well, that's a that's a tough one, and I don't know if I have all the answers to that. But um, you know what we what what we're finding is that you know employers want to do the right thing for women, um, and they just don't always know what to do. And so one of the things that um, we um, have done through this scorecard is to share best practices um, through an annual report that we put out. Um, and you can find that on our website at wfstl.org um, that shares you know, what these best place workplaces for women that we're discovering in our region are doing to create an environment for where women can thrive. And so our, our hope is that employers that have um, been successful can share those practices and and um, you know learn from each other um, so that we can make St. Louis the best place in the country for women to work and raise a family. Now Catherine Brown is the head of human resources for Wells Fargo Advisors here in St. Louis and she recalled for our producer a previous work situation in her own career in banking. Here's how she described it and why it stuck with her. I flashed back 
to when I was on maternity leave with the um, birth of my first child, Drew, who's now 20. So think about that. So 20 years ago, um, I was on leave. I had eight weeks. And I think of that eight, you know, maybe it was paid at maybe 60 or 70 percent. Um, way younger in my earlier in my career needed my paycheck, you know, so I was getting back as soon as I could. I didn't have the luxury of taking additional time off. And when I came back, I found out that everybody in who had my position, um, there was only a small handful of us, had gotten um, promoted from like an officer title standpoint. And in a, in a bank, that's, that's a big deal. And I didn't. And when I went to talk to my manager and asked why, because I was actually a very good performer, um, when she, her answer back to me was, well, what was I supposed to do? You were on leave. And that has always stuck with me around, I was marked as, you know, and that's so disappointing because you think to yourself, but I'm a really, I'm a, I'm a high performer. I do my best when I'm here, but I was marginalized and my performance was denigrated because I wasn't in the office for those eight weeks. And so that's, that's always stuck with me. And I mean, granted, right, it's hurtful at the time, but, and I always thought that I would get over it. But what it did was it actually shaped me as a manager and a leader to ensure that it doesn't always need to be maternity leave. Things come up all the time. Um, and this it goes back to kind of what I started with, which is when you are when you see somebody as a whole person and you don't force them to compartmentalize, you as a manager should also be able to kind of ebb and flow with, you know, with that um, individual's um, performance and where they are in their life. That's Catherine Brown of Wells Fargo Advisors. Uh, Lisa Weingarth, what struck you as you were listening to her there? Well, one thing that we know is that the gender wage gap begins immediately out of of um, a post secondary earning a post secondary degree, but it it gets worse when um, women have children. You know, when they get back from from leave. And so, listening to her story, that really resonated with me and, and really highlighted that that data with a real life story. So part of what we're trying to do with the scorecard is to encourage employers to offer paid family leave, not just to um, the mother or the, the person who's having the baby, but to both partners in, in, that, in that family, and particularly to men. Because what we know is that, you know, when you set that dynamic at home from the very beginning, that mom is the caregiver and, you know, is home on leave and dad is going to be at work during that time and isn't bonding with the baby, then that dynamic continues for the rest of that child's life. And so paid family leave, we believe, is important to offer to both men and women, to anyone who's having children in the workplace. And we hope that that will mitigate some of that um, that dynamic. I also thought it was interesting hearing how this terrible experience of what happened to her, how she got shafted on maternity leave, it ended up affecting the way that she manages others. Overall, in your career, have you found that women supervisors um, tend to be more sensitive to, to making sure that other women don't get left behind? Or do they also sometimes have a way to go? Have, you, have either of you dealt with it? Stacy? have you dealt with a female supervisor? Well, I think it's wonderful that she was able to take that negative experience and turn it into a positive. And at our agency, we have many female employees and our leadership is female. And there is a lot of understanding, but I don't think it's um, because, or I don't think it's a result of 
at like any sort of shared motherhood experience or an empathy for that, it I think it actually really stems from a trend that I've I feel like I've experienced where women just support each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, if there's ever competition, it's healthy competition where you both are working to sort of, you know, be the the best employee, the best person that you can be. Uh, and you know, there's there's a there's very healthy work relationships that that take place. So I would say that's been my experience, and um, and that's great to hear. And I see Kendra nodding too. That's awesome. So yeah, and I've had great supervisors, male and female. But I would just stress that it's really important to make this policy and procedures because you don't want it to be up to the luck of the draw if you get a good supervisor or not. That's a really good point. So you really need to have your policies and procedures objective promotions, salary, so that you're knowing that everyone is is receiving a fair shake. We have heard from a couple women who um, are calling into the show, and I'd I'd love to get their comments. Um, Christy calling from St. Louis. Hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, glad to be on. Thank you. Um, Love the topic and just wanted to call in quickly and share that um, I work, I lead our human resources group for a large general contractor, uh, Peric, in St. Louis about 500 employees, and we just instituted a bring-your-infant-to-work policy for all of our female and male employees um, to ease the transition and anxiety around, especially your first child, easing back into the work role. What a great so idea. encourage people to either a bouncy seat or, um, you know, the little carriers while they're working during the day, if we can make it work safely, depending upon their project. Um, where they're actually, before they can crawl or six months, they are bringing um, these little ones to work. And it has definitely helped with uh, retention um, and also recruiting. Well, Christy, just, that's a great... uh, that's super fascinating to me. I wouldn't think of the construction industry as being such a leader in this. Um, good for you guys. Has it gone over well with the, the workforce at this point? Not only for the people who have their children with them at work, but for coworkers as well. Just people being able to, you know, someone's having a difficult day or a stressful situation, and they'll just go over to their coworker and say, can I just hold that baby for 10 minutes? And it just, like, the goodwill it spreads throughout uh, the office and among, you know, the colleagues we survey, we ask for feedback. Is it disruptive? Do you enjoy this? Uh, policy, and we just had great feedback from everyone, not just the people who directly benefit from having a child with them. Well, that's great to hear. Christy from Parrot Construction, thank you so much for that call. Um, let's talk to Shauna calling from Maryland Heights. Shauna, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, my comment is that my experience has been somewhat situational, um, just depending on who within in the absence of any company-wide policy, it can be situational as to who your manager or coworkers are. Um, I had worked for uh, Lucky's Market, and um, we had a manager who was not uh, very appreciative of strong women, and he did make my life miserable for quite some time. Um, I'm 55 years old, transitioning now into working for... Um, uh, outdoor living company building decks and I'm on a construction crew. They've never had a woman on a construction crew and my experience there has been wonderful. That's uh, great. To, I, yeah. I didn't expect that you were going to go in that direction with this. You're, you're one of the first women on the crew and, and they're proving a good crew to work with. Yeah, absolutely. They couldn't be any nicer. Um, they're very in- informative um, and 
they're very positive and supportive of teaching me the skills that I need to have. And um, I think that they admire my tenacity. And um, like I said, I'm a 55-year-old woman with a Bachelor of Science in Biology and minor in French. And uh, just trying to find a place where I can earn a living wage has been quite a challenge here at this point in my life. And um, so I'm, I'm very grateful that they've taken me on. I've learned a lot. And um, well, Shauna, that's great. And, and we're glad to hear about your success. So good luck to you as you continue in this carpentry career. That's that's awesome. Um, Kendra Holmes, it, it does sound like Shauna was speaking to what you were saying, that this can't just be about having a good boss. Um, for the company that you work for, what, what do you feel like is the most important policy or one, one policy you'd really want to recommend other people get on board for? The flexible policies are really important. It seems like we keep coming back to that today. I hope people listen to that. We keep coming back to that because the work-life balance is very important. And if you want your employees to do a great job, they need that in their lives. So I would really stress that any organization look at in st- establishing flexible work schedules for their employees. Okay. So unfortunately, we do have a couple other callers that would like to talk to us, but we're out of time today. Um, so apologies to them. Thank you for calling in. Just one last last question for Lisa Weingarth of the Women's Foundation. If people are interested in filling out this survey, what are the steps they need to take? Well, they just need to go to our website at wfstl.org. Um, you'll send an email to scorecard at wfstl.org, and we'll send you the survey. Um, it is one survey per employer, um, so um, you know where there is a level of coordination. But we're um, we're really excited to get it out there, and hope that everyone listening will help their employer, encourage their employer to participate, because we can all play a role in um, improving gender equity. And what's the deadline for companies? The deadline is December twentieth. Okay, so they've got some time. Yes, here. yeah. But get on it today. Uh, Lisa Weingarth of the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And Kendra Holmes and Stacey Zellin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.